This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Monsters like the Skinwalker and Werewolves are shapeshifters. And whether or not you truly believe in them, these creatures have been sighted all over the country, maybe even close to where you live. This is Darkness Prevails, the place to share your true stories with the world, because this world is a strange one. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. This will be early to some, late to others, and on time for a few. I just want to say a huge thanks to all of you who watch my videos. To all of my subscribers, you're the amazing people who bring these stories of the horror-filled world into a friendly and skeptical community. In my opinion, the best community on YouTube. There won't be an outro to this video. I just want to say enjoy Thanksgiving, spend time with your families, and stay safe and warm and, most importantly, full of delicious food. I love you all. This year, it is you I'm most thankful for. Here are the earliest comments from my previous video. Jaden Blackburn says, I love you videos, keep up the good work. Thank you, Jaden. I hope that black doesn't burn too bad. I hate myself already for saying that. Michael Crouch says, yay, night shift. I've never worked the night shift before, but it sounds fun to me. Heroic Gamer says, I love nightmares. Same here. It'd be my favorite food if pizza didn't exist. AEM says, do you enjoy making these videos? Also, hey, you're my favorite. Thank you, and yes I do. Especially when I get to read stories on my favorite topics, which is monsters. And Cassandra Viscara says, I'm back. Well, Cassandra, you better be back this time. All right, let's get this overly long intro done with and dive right into those stories. Number one, The Unknown Monster, submitted by Paige L. I used to be an assistant manager for a local dollar store, and I did a lot of closing because of school, and I was on a health kick at the time. So one night, while the weather was still good, I decided to walk home after closing up shop with my best friend, whom I'd gotten the job for as the cashier at the same store when I moved up. Her name was Amanda. I lived with my grandma at the time, and she only lived about half a mile away from the store, about a 15 minute stroll in all. It was already dark, but I didn't care. I lived in a nice neighborhood, I mean, the worst we ever got was occasionally a drugstore robbery. Plus, I'd walked this path a hundred times before. I knew this town like the back of my hand, yet for some reason, 
this night I felt uneasy. I've had what I believe to be supernatural experiences before, so I'm familiar with that heart in your throat feeling of being watched. I had my phone flashlight on so I could see the uneven path, but the feeling of being watched got so bad that every few meters I'd turn around only to see that nothing was there. This kept happening until I reached my grandma's street. I turned down the road and kept walking, but something kept nagging me, telling me to turn back one more time. I listened and I regretted it. But then again, it might be the only reason I'm alive today. What I saw was a tall, emaciated, humanoid figure crossing my grandmother's road. It didn't look at me, but I could see it so clearly in the streetlight, it was disturbing to behold. It was so thin, I could have used it as a reference for a skeleton. It also had a strangely dog-like head and massive hands with long claws. Like I said, thankfully, it didn't see me and it kept walking down the street. I stood there frozen until it made it to the other side, and once it was out of sight, I booked it back home, which was luckily only a few houses away. I sat in the living room with my grandma, shaken and barely composed. Then my grandma said something that made my heart sink. She asked if I had seen the news. I stuttered, no, and she went on to explain that a man had took his own life after a standoff with a SWAT team near the elementary school. The man wasn't in the school, but he lived close enough that if he made a threat, someone would have to intervene. What really put me on edge though, was that this man had no known mental illnesses and according to his family, was completely stable. And this had happened only a few hours ago. I managed to control myself, eat some dinner, and try to sleep, but that night, sleep wouldn't come. All night long, I heard shuffling through the mulch under my window, and once I even heard a hand slam against it. Thankfully, I had thick curtains, because if I saw that hand, I would have screamed, alerting the entire household. I stayed up all night, drank some coffee to keep my attention focused, and only slept when the sun came back. I was then gone all weekend as I was going out of town for a convention. Luckily, nothing happened then, but when I got back home, things got worse. I opened the store the next few days, and I kept seeing something out of the corner of my eye, just out of the windows. Slowly, my opening shifts came and went, and soon enough, I was back on the night crew, where I'd be closing shop and walking home as usual. Well, at the very least, I had Amanda with me on these closing days. There's a quick thing about Amanda I need to say. She's been a very firm believer in the supernatural all her life. She believed that she was living in a haunted house where something was possessing the basement. Knowing her backstory on the supernatural, I told her what I'd been experiencing, and she was clearly put on edge about it. 
We kept working through our shift until it finally came to an end. Suddenly, I felt like I was being followed again, but now on my walks home, I was far too afraid to turn around. I ended up asking Amanda if she saw anything trailing me whenever she saw me walking home. She swallowed hard before she replied, and I found myself anticipating her dreadful answer. I didn't want to say anything, she said at first, because I didn't want to scare you. But the other night, I swear I saw something tall and thin following you home. It wasn't a person, and it was far from any creature I've seen before. During this whole time, I was texting another friend who knew more about demons and creatures of sorts, and he said that it sounded like it was hunting me. He laughed at a theory he told me, saying that the creature was a demon spirit, that it was the reason the man had committed suicide, and that it was trying to get me next. And I'd seen it more than once. On one occasion, it appeared as just a shadow, like a vapor of itself as if it was some sort of shapeshifter. I would believe that, considering how it looked half-human already. For a while after talking with some friends, it backed off slightly, but I could still feel it stalking me. One day, I walked right past the window to stalk some paper plates, and when I looked out the window next to me, I saw it, leaning its upper body against the glass its claws pressed hard against the surface. It was staring right at me, and if there hadn't been a window there, the only thing separating us would have been a few feet. After that, I had trouble working the rest of the day, and I wouldn't go home unless Amanda gave me a ride. Luckily, she didn't mind. She enjoyed my company. We're like sisters, so she took me home without a problem. It's been a while since I've seen it. I still can't figure out if it's a physical thing or some sort of evil spirit that's following me. All I know is it's terrifying to behold and even more horrifying to think about how it's stalking me, maybe even at this very moment. Number two, The Skinwalker in Louisiana, submitted by Alex Lizard Queen, 99. I'm 18 years old, and my family and I had decided to go on a cruise the following week, but due to Hurricane Harvey, we weren't able to port back in Galveston, Texas, where we had parked our car. Rather, we were dropped off at the port of New Orleans, and my dad, annoyed at the entire situation, was forced to rent a car due to ours being stuck all the way in Galveston. From there, we were attempting to drive from New Orleans to Lubbock, Texas. We started early that day due to it being a 15-hour drive. My younger brother, who was 12 at the time, was in the back seat listening to one of his favorite YouTube channels through his headphones, and my little sister at nine years old was asleep. As time progressed, my dad got tired and asked me to drive while he slept. I didn't mind though. I was wide awake and honestly bored out of my mind. We pulled over on the side of the road at one point and we switched. I had a strange feeling, but I put it to me just being nervous 
If I was about to drive, I was afraid I'd take a wrong road and get lost, and I didn't want to disappoint my family. I'm not good with directions either, not to mention it had been raining really hard most of the drive here. I started back on the road, surrounded by swampy forests, and everything seemed fine. Soon my dad was snoring away in the passenger seat, and I decided to listen to some music to calm my nerves. As the rain began to pick back up, I had this feeling I could only describe as like a knowledge of something terrible about to happen, but I didn't know when or what it would be. I felt uneasy. I couldn't explain it. I tried to block it out of my head. It was dark, and I thought to myself I shouldn't focus on that kind of feeling. Maybe it'll just pass and everything will be okay. But then, I heard it the sound that shattered my world. It was like a mixture of what sounded like a coyote and a small child screaming for their life. I had never been to Louisiana before, and I had no idea if they had coyotes out there or not. I grew up in a small town in Texas, and I've grown accustomed to that noise. I was startled, and I heard from behind me, Lexi, did you hear that? It was my brother, and he sounded more worried than I felt. I didn't want to alarm or wake up my sister or dad. I was actually kind of shocked that the scream itself didn't wake them. Yeah, I did. I replied in a low voice. Don't think about it. Just put back your headphones and try to relax. He nodded, then reclined back in his seat. I could tell he was scared, and he wasn't going to listen to my reassurance but there was nothing else we could do. I kept my eyes on the road and kept driving, but only a few seconds later, I saw something coming up right in the middle of the road. At first, I thought it was a deer. I was worried. This wasn't our car to be screwing up, and I didn't want to hurt my family. Everyone was in this car, and we had to be careful. So I kept a close eye on the thing that was coming up, and as we got closer to it, I realized it wasn't a deer. Its limbs were distorted and changing and breaking in place, as if something inside of it was erupting outward. I started freaking out, realizing I had no idea what this thing could have been, and that maybe this was what made that scream. Its eyes glowed yellow, illuminated brightly by our headlights. Plans rushed in and out of my head of what I could do. I couldn't just stop, and I couldn't just turn around. I didn't know where I was or how to get home. I was relying on my GPS to show me the way, and quite frankly, I didn't want to do anything to make it follow us. I decided, as I was about 20 yards away, that I would go around it, and pray to God that it wouldn't try anything crazy. I honked my horn at the thing, trying to see if it would startle it. It looked up at me. I could see its face clearly now. Its face was not entirely deer-like. It was almost human-like. I heard it mimic the noise of the car's horn back at me, and that dreadful, imperfect sound sent chills down my spine. 
I didn't realize I had been screaming until my dad woke up. What in the world? What is that? He asked me, and I could see the fear rise on his face as he looked outside the car and into the eyes of the deer thing. I turned quickly towards the other side of the road, and I sped up. I knew if I didn't hurry and pass this thing, I could end up hitting another car. Then we'd all be screwed. As I passed it, the creature stood up on hind legs. It didn't even look physically possible to hold its weight up like that, but it did with ease. In fact, it looked ready to charge, but it didn't. Instead, it let out another cry, like the one before, then slowly walked back into the wooded mess next to it. Relieved that it was gone, but still scared out of my mind, I moved back to my side of the road, and I went twice the speed limit. I drove for what felt like hours, but was probably just 30 minutes. My brother and dad didn't say a word the entire time, and I didn't either. We just wanted to get home. After a while, I pulled over so that my dad and I could switch places again, and I was nearly too scared to take one step out of that vehicle. But once that part was over, I was just happy to almost be home. Even though New Orleans was beautiful and different than my small Texas town, I don't think I'll be going back anytime soon. Louisiana can have its monsters. This episode is sponsored by The Dead Files from Travel Channel. If you're listening to anything on the EerieCast network, odds are you love ghost stories. That's why I think you'll love The Dead Files from Travel Channel. Join hosts Amy Allen and Steve Deshavi as they investigate paranormal activity haunting real people and homes across the U.S., each host offers a unique and exciting perspective for every case. Amy is a medium, seeing and speaking to those who are no longer in the world of the living. And Steve is a retired homicide detective who uses public records and witness testimony to piece together the history of the haunted location. Each episode of The Dead Files features a different, real haunting to possibly help the family struggling with its effects. One episode on Falconer, New York, deals with a family who keeps waking up with scratches and bruises. They frequently witness a shadow figure lurking around their home. Amy and Steve receive their call and investigate, with Amy using her strength as a medium to understand who the presence is coming from and why it's so angry, while Steve separately researches the history of the home, only to discover several previous residents who lived at the home died, confirming Amy's own findings. After their investigation, Amy and Steve must conclude with whether the house is safe to remain in or if it's time to get out. I really love the deferring perspectives and skill sets between the two hosts, and I think that's why The Dead Files is a must-listen podcast for any fan of the paranormal and supernatural. Listen to The Dead Files wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah. You know you need protein to fuel results, but it's not easy when you're drinking the same bland chalky shake every day. Stop punishing yourself and get to GNC for the best protein in the game, including all the hottest brands and crave-worthy flavors that'll keep you coming back for more. We're talking protein that legit tastes like cookies, your favorite cereals, indulgent desserts, and more. So bust out of your protein rut and actually look forward to those shakes with unbeatable protein at unbeatable prices. Fuel your fitness with protein at GNC. Number three, I saw a werewolf. Submitted by Island Breeze One. A long time ago, when I was just a little girl, this happened. I was nine years old living in Washington State, and unfortunately, I was homeless, living with my father in the middle of the forest. But I didn't care if I had a home or not. I loved living in the forest, and I loved my dad. And as long as I was with him, I never felt poor. But I know my father didn't see it that way. He struggled to make money, and I knew that he felt depressed about our situation. One day to pass the time, I went on a little hike. I never went too far when I went on my walks. I didn't want to get chewed out by my dad, if you know what I mean. I started walking, I wanted to go somewhere I never really explored by myself before. Little did I know that this was a bad idea. I was walking, enjoying the scenery, getting further and further away from mine and my dad's camp. Eventually, I came upon a part of the forest where everything went quiet, and as the noises lowered, the hairs on the back of my neck raised up. And the next thing I heard, was the bushes next to me making some sort of noise as if someone was shaking them. I hoped maybe it was just a squirrel or a rabbit making the noises, but when I took one step back, I heard it growl at me, a low, raspy growl. I stopped in my tracks, all my hair standing up on my body. I've never heard growling like that before. I was scared to breathe, or make any noise at all, and I tried to stand as still as possible. But I didn't want to stick around to see what the noises were coming from. So still, I continued to back up slowly. Of course, I had to step on a stick, and as soon as it cracked, the thing began to move forward, growling even more. That was a mistake. I should have been paying attention to where I was going. Soon, emerging from those bushes, I saw yellow eyes reflecting the sunlight. I remember staring into them and feeling more fear than I've ever felt in my nine years. I was thinking about turning around, just running for it, gunning it back to my dad. The creature jumped out of the bushes, and when I saw it, I thought it was a dog, some sort of rabbit or wild dog. But as I saw it stand in front of me, Yes, stand on two legs before me. I knew this was a monster from my nightmares, not something natural to this world. It looked like a weightlifter. It was huge and had black and brown pointy ears and long yellowed teeth. 
Its tail was bushy, and the thing stunk like decay. It got on all fours, its head now just above the ground, and it was snarling at me. And for a moment, I swear I saw it smile. I thought for sure that this was it. I remember crying there uncontrollably, ready for my time. I was so terrified, petrified. I couldn't walk or talk or even breathe. As we stared at each other, it felt like an eternity. The dog thing lifted its head from the ground and began to stand up again. I could hear its joints snapping into place as if it hadn't just been standing before. At full height, the thing was seven feet tall. I thought right then that this was when I was going to get torn to pieces. But thank God, I began to hear a beautiful sound, my worried father calling out my name. He seemed panicked, calling out at the top of his lungs. The dog-like creature looked quickly to where my dad was calling from, began to growl again, lower this time. Then it looked back at me, showed its teeth one last time, then began to crawl up one of the trees. And all the while he crawled, it was still staring at me and growling before it finally disappeared into the leaves above. I was still crying and I ran to my dad's voice faster than ever, almost collapsing when I got over to him. I was pale white, as if I'd seen a ghost. My dad asked me what was wrong. Usually he'd be mad that I ran off, but usually when he found me, I was in a happy mood, just exploring the woods. But this time, he couldn't be mad at me, seeing as how terrified I was. I didn't know what to say or explain, so I just said that I didn't feel very good. After that experience, I stuck by my dad all the time, and it would take me hours to fall asleep. Often, every noise that I heard would send a cold chill down my spine. I was so scared to be underneath or even around trees that I'd find myself avoiding them. So, being in the forest, you can imagine how awkward my daily life became. I've always been scared that nobody would believe me. Twelve years later, I still have nightmares, and I'm still scared of being around trees. I've never went into the woods alone again, and if I ever have to, I'm bringing something with me to protect myself. Be careful when you go in the woods. There are some undescribably horrifying things out there. And number four. Werewolf Stalking, submitted by Colby S. I was just starting high school. I had just got my license, which means me and my friend Darren were ready for some stupid stuff. One night, when I was driving with my friend, he suddenly yelled in my ear to stop the car. I asked, a little frustrated, why he had just yelled at me like that. He was just staring at the field next to us. And then suddenly, without turning to me, he said, look over there. When I looked over to where he was looking, 
I saw something black stand up. That was nothing strange. What was strange was how tall it was. It towered over our vehicle at about eight or nine feet tall. When it noticed us, I floored it. We were looking at each other with the same question in our minds. What was that? A few days go by. We told a lot of people our story, but they didn't believe us. Of course they didn't. This wasn't something you saw every day. This wasn't something that made sense, unless it was some weird dude out in the middle of nowhere who happened to be extremely tall. I'm Native American, so when I went to a tribal meeting, I told my elders about this, and they said that it was a bad medicine man, or a skinwalker. Basically, a medicine man with the worst intentions, who can transform into different creatures, but not always perfectly. They were very serious about what they told to me. The elders said to be careful and to not speak of it, because that could lure him towards me. Once the meeting was over, I was very shaken up. I climbed into my car and was about to leave when I looked over to see something looking at me with bright yellow eyes in the nearby forest. Already a bit creeped out, all I could do was stare back at it. Eventually, it turned and walked into the woods. I don't know what it was, but I was in no mood for it. I started my car and sped home. When I told my dad about the experiences, he said he wasn't sure if it was a skinwalker per se, but if I had been seeing something out there, that it may be a good idea to stop taking that same road to my school. He was probably right, so I stopped driving down that way. One day after school, I went to my friend Darren's house. His parents were going out, and we had a plan to play games and drink a little. He called his girlfriend to come over, and I felt a bit lonely and left out, so I called mine as well. When they arrived, we were all playing the PS3 and just hanging out, having the occasional beer or two. But we all stopped and got chills when we heard the sound. It was a skin-crawling howl coming just from the edge of the woods outside. His house sits next to those woods, and to this day, I hate thinking about how close the forest was at that point. Me and Darren looked over at each other. My dad kept a gun in the car. I wanted to grab it, but I was not going to go outside anytime soon. Not with that thing out there. We locked the doors and windows. Scared, we decided to try to get some sleep until we heard the blood-curdling howl again. It was right outside the window. We were so scared for our lives, we ended up calling the police to come and check. When they showed up, they didn't find anything but some large paw prints right outside the front door. That's how close it had been, whatever it was. To this day, I haven't driven down that road at night again, and Darren says he still has nightmares about that thing we saw that day and the creature we heard that night.
Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.